0: Well, good morning, Steve. It's it's great to be here. So, I'm um, here talking today to Steve Hill of Technetics, who is a GSA member company. We're really excited to have you guys. You, help, uh, you really help fill out the, the value chain, so we appreciate that. So, I thought I would start just telling you a little bit about GSA and, and how we got started, because I think it's important to understand our overall viewpoint of the industry. It, it helps to understand where we started. So, We started the GSA in 1994, as we saw a big shift underway in the industry, which was the rise of the Fabulous business model. So that lowered the barrier to entry and allowed companies to focus on designing differentiated products for emerging markets. This at the time was a very controversial model, uh, but it became widely accepted and proven to be the more preferred and most profitable and innovative model. Once our advocacy had been accomplished, we transitioned to focus on global collaboration and to encompass the entire semiconductor ecosystem, and that's where we are today. So today, GSA is where leaders meet, and we represent that expanded ecosystem that includes the traditional semiconductor companies, but also software, solutions, systems, and services. So, of course, uh, companies that you would know of, like MediaTek or NVIDIA or Qualcomm, those are the fabulous companies, but also IDMs like Analog and Intel. But as the, more interesting is the non-traditional semiconductor companies that are doing their own hardware like Microsoft and Facebook, Google, Amazon, Tesla. And so it's the goal of having all of the companies that intersect this industry to be part of it. And I would just emphasize the G in, uh, in GSA, which is Global. So we, uh, we are a global organization, we have a global footprint, a global board of directors, and a global mission. And we really believe that global collaborative model where companies share the innovation burden really enables the industry to achieve the necessary efficiency and profitability to have adequate R&D to propel the industry forward. So that's how we see things, and historically, value creation has been achieved through this global collaboration and open standards, equal access to markets, and protection of intellectual property. So that's the GSA in a nutshell.
1: Hi, Jody. This is Steve. uh, Steve Hill. I'm uh, the president of uh, Technetic Semiconductor and also uh, Lean Tech, both of which are part of NPRO Industries, and NPRO has been investing in semiconductor uh really consistently over the last 10 years and we're we're excited about where we are and we're also excited and and happy to be a member of gsa uh, gsa has helped us quite a bit as far as networking and connecting us with different companies around the world and really supporting uh you know our direction to grow our fo- footprint in semiconductor globally but also in the United States as well. Um, so maybe, Jody, we should talk a little bit about the CHIPS Act and what its passing means to increased onshoring for semiconductor manufacturing in the United States and your view about that.
0: Okay. Well, the CHIPS Act is passed after all this time. So it's. Um, I know that a lot of companies are very happy with that and... Uh, we we've been um, we've been sort of on the sidelines on this, Steve, as you may know. Since we're a global industry, we think it's important to make sure that we're representing uh, our member companies in China and Taiwan and Europe and the U.S. But we also understand that the world is moving to more regional ecosystems, and um, you know, there's no reason why the U.S. should not be in that game. So. Definitely in order for there to be semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S., the U.S. government had to step in. They have to fill that void in order to attract companies here, because the U.S. just is not as attractive uh, as countries like Taiwan, who have been doing this for a long time. And so the, the CHIPS Act, as you know, the, about $39 billion of that will subsidize companies to expand or build new semiconductor manufacturing. So whether or not that that's uh, a U.S. company like Intel that is building in Ohio, or companies like Wolfspeed, who is recently announced, or companies like Micron. So doing their own internal um, development. And then it will also attract companies like TSMC, which is now building uh, manufacturing in Arizona, or companies like Samsung that are now building in Texas. So those companies, of course, are foundries. And so they'll come in and support U.S. uh, fabulous companies, again, like the Qualcomm's and NVIDIA's of the world. And so I think that those companies, those companies both on the customer side as well as the foundries, think that this is a necessary move in order to, if it is important to have semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S., which again, most people agree that it is.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point, is that the CHIPS Act is not specific to U.S. companies. It's for the key, key players in the industry. You know, companies like TSMC and Samsung are included. Not only Intel, Global Foundries, Micron, Wolfspeed will benefit. And I think the, the key thing for us at NPRO is uh, it's not just the chip manufacturers themselves, but it's really the full ecosystem um, because to build a semiconductor chip you know they're built at the uh, the fat the wafer fabs kind of a, the techie term but uh, you know there's so many pieces behind the scenes that are involved in the supply chain that are critical to building a chip not only on legacy devices but the leading edge devices and that's You know, where NPRO really has made a big investment over time. Um, We have facilities in Taiwan, Singapore, uh, several facilities in the US, uh, California, Boise, Idaho, Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, And we're involved and really focused on the leading edge devices, what we call sub 10 nanometer, and uh, even already qualified on three nanometer manufacturing, which is the cutting edge. There's only really you know a couple companies globally that are participating there. And what we're looking to do in the US is uh, open a new facility. It's not uh, publicly announced, but we're in the process of closing on uh, property in Arizona um, and we'll be bringing our leading edge technology, that we've developed at our global sites, um, really to support um, U.S. manufacturing and driving advanced, uh, advanced node technology here in the United States, but doing that in support of our global partners, not just companies that are based in the U.S., but companies like TSMC, Samsung, others that are investing in the U.S., And we're really, really excited about the future, Um, you know, on a global stand standpoint, we continue to invest in other facilities globally. Um, But here in the US, it's a really, really exciting time to be in the semiconductor industry. And we're excited to be a part of that and excited to work with GSA to expand the semiconductor business globally going forward.
0: Steve, I agree. I think that you guys play a critical role, and I, I think I'm very excited for you. I think that you guys have done a great job. You, you, um, you know, really lived up to the strategy that you set forth a number of years ago, and it's um, it, it is very important. I mean, the semiconductor industry is one of the most complex and complicated industries in the world. So it isn't just one, two, three, even 10 things. It's a number of things that have to go perfectly right. And, uh, and you guys play a role in that. I I've heard that uh, it's actually a quote from a TSMC engineer that said that manufacturing semiconductors is like shooting an arrow from earth to hit an apple on the moon. So it's a, it is a really complex <laughs> industry and, So I think that having the players in one place and and creating this, you know, little bubble is very important. And it's what's worked in other countries. So I think that you guys are uh, are doing the right thing there. And and I would add that I do think it's the best time to be in the semiconductor industry. I've been in this industry for an awful long time and uh, for years, really. Our industry has underpinned the growth of a range of technologies that made life easier, more productive, improving the lives of people around the globe. But not so quietly, the semiconductor leaders really lamented how few appreciated their foundational technology with sort of the staggering R&D costs and increasing complexity of the chips and the systems and the supporting software. But now I really think the world is paying attention and they really do understand that we are driving the 92 trillion dollar world economy.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt, Jody. I fully agree. It's uh, really amazing the amount of applications that semiconductor semiconductor devices go in today. I mean, most people, when you mention semiconductor, they think about a laptop or a cell phone. But when you think about, uh, you know, EVs and autonomous driving and you know, you talk about the cloud, the cloud's enabled by semiconductor devices. Um, So high performance computing, data centers, there's just so many, you know, applications for semiconductor devices. And I've been in the industry, you know, a long time as well. And if you had asked me 25 years ago, if I could ever envision that my refrigerator would have semiconductor devices in the fridge that are communicating with other Communicating with a network and so forth, I would have, I would have thought that was crazy, but it is. It's just amazing what uh, the next generation is going to see with semiconductor is truly an enabling technology, and uh, it's it's really the future's tremendously bright. Um, and the geographical expansions not only happening in the U.S. but it's hap- happening globally. And uh, part of the reason is, is just pure demand. If you look at the latest statistics about semiconductor devices over the next six years, the market is projected to to double and, and grow over a trillion dollars a year in annual revenue from less than 600 billion today. So uh, super excited about where we're headed and super excited about where Semiconductor can play for the next generation going forward, so.
0: I, I agree. I think that, you know, for us that have been in the industry for a long time, everything used to be, used to be about PCs and then it was about PCs and cell phones. But, you know, today with, um, with AI chips, um, the demand increasing for the adoption in AI in every industry Um, You know, voice recognition, object detection, medical, military, and then, of course, the early adoption of quantum computing, 5G, um, IoT. It's really exciting that everything is happening simultaneously. And I, I think that um, I, I always point back to a quote, and of course, I'm going to mess it up, but a quote from Jensen Wong, the CEO of NVIDIA, that really talked about how this industry has always been limited by the number of people in the world, right? Because how many people can buy a PC? How many people can buy a cell phone? But when you're talking about cloud and you're talking about uh, AI, there's really no physical limitations to how you know, how much that can grow. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. So just the pace of innovation is amazing. And I have to say, when your parents start understanding your industry, you know, you've really made it.
1: <laughs> yep. Parents and actually uh, it's becoming a quote unquote destination industry again. Whereas I think for the last couple of decades, it's kind of been not as uh, exciting for the younger generation. So it's it's good to see that tide turn a bit and uh people get excited about semiconductors so um, that's
0: right and you know we need that because uh if this industry is really going to grow to a trillion over the next number of years trillion in revenue we have to have a more developed workforce and and we have to attract talent to this industry we have to take advantage of this of being really in the spotlight and you know Get those kids that are at universities um, really focused um, on an engineering degree, and it's very hard to do that. But we really have to encourage them that at the at the end of the day, this is an amazing industry to be part of, and you know for. Again, ever since I've been in the industry, we've sort of ignored 50% of the population. So in other words, there's only the technical workforce in the semiconductor industry, um, only 10% of it is made up by women. So there's a huge opportunity to to attract women to this industry and show them um, how exciting it is, what a revolutionary industry, if they join the industry, that they really can design the solutions to many of the uh, societal problems that are plaguing us. I mean, it's going to come from this industry, these solutions, the solutions to climate change, um, the solutions to endemic poverty, really the foundation of those changes are going to come from this industry. Pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, it's a great point, Jody. And, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're a big supporter of GSA and, and your efforts on diversity and specifically your women's leadership initiatives. So maybe if you just want to share a little bit about that program on this podcast. I think that'd be great.
0: Okay. We, you know, we, we just did a really amazing conference last week in Silicon Valley called wish. So women in semiconductor hardware. So it was a technical conference. It just so happened that all the white papers and all the technical discussions were by women. It was phenomenal. 300 women technology leaders in their own right, coming together to inspire others, to, to, you know, stay the course and stay in this industry. So our goal for this Women's Leadership Initiative is is first to attract the STEM-focused women in universities to join this industry. So to kind of get our fair share, so they don't keep going to, you know, software industries and, and, and other opportunities. Uh, they really have many, many opportunities, but the kind of difference they can make in the world by joining this industry really has to be articulated to them. The second goal is to retain, develop, and advance the women that are in the industry. So again, if you would have been at this event, Steve, you'd have been amazed. So we may not have enough in- women in this industry, no doubt, but the women that we do have are phenomenal. I mean, we've attracted the best and brightest and the most resilient. You would have to be, right, to be only 10% of the whole industry after you know 50 years or 60 years of this industry. So I think that Um, that it's important that once women join, that they really do find a place here. And then the third is to make sure that uh, female entrepreneurs in this industry are being supported and being highlighted and making sure that they have a platform and that they have a voice. And so those are our three objectives. We know that there are so many things to do, but that's really what we can do and can make an impact on right now. And we have just overall unanimous support from this industry about this initiative. People are excited. They want this to happen. And if nothing else, again, the industry knows that if it wants to hit that trillion, it's going to have to address this problem.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And it's a fantastic program that you have. And, you know, I think one key point talent attraction and retention in the semiconductor industry is you know, critical to hitting the trillion and, you know, for the CHIPS Act to be successful. And it's on many, many levels. And, you know, diversity is a key part of that. Um, We're reaching out to local community colleges here in Arizona, also the universities, because it's it's not just the engineers, it's the people who turn the wrenches and actually do Mm -hmm. the work as well. And these are skilled labor, not Unskilled direct labor, but skilled labor, and there's a shortage of that in the U.S. right now. So, supporting those programs is critical as well. And NPro trying to do play our part in the ecosystem there as well.
0: Well, it's a, I mean it's a super important point. I mean before before we started talking about bringing manufacturing back to the U.S., we already had a problem, right? So imagine that we're going to have all these fabs operational in the U.S. It's going to take a huge effort and you know we we have to work on the exactly what you guys are doing with these community colleges and you know we we're, we're your partner steve so anything you need us to do we've been actually we're really led by our member companies so you know if a company says hey we've got this program with UCLA or MIT or the University of Arizona, we wanna be there to support you and make sure that you have uh, the materials that you need, again, for for the female side of things, but also just the overall enthusiasm about this industry and what we have to offer for careers.
1: Well, thank you, Jody. I really, really appreciate your time today. You've been a fantastic partner to work with and a global leader in the semiconductor industry and really excited about our future and looking forward to working with GSA to really realize that that vision of a trillion dollars in the next 5 to 6 years depending on when we get there.
0: Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Stephen. Again, it's it's it has been great working with you over the course of the last couple of years. I remember we got to see each other in May and it was the first time after speaking to each other on the phone for 2 years. So it was it was great to to actually finally meet face to face and we'll get to do it again here pretty soon.
1: Yep. It's great to be getting back to normal, right? Yes. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you.